Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This dish of the Patriots Report is brought to you by Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. BetOnline remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today and remember to use your promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Today on the Patriots Report, Chris Hogan and I take a look back at the loss to Indy and a look ahead at what the bye week might hold for this franchise. That's all up right now, only on the Patriots Report. Chris, I feel like we say some variety of this each and every week. Some good plays, some positive moments, but in the end, it's just not good enough to overcome some truly horrific turnovers. One of them at the end, courtesy of quarterback Mac Jones. What did you see Sunday in the loss to the Colts? I mean, again, it's just um, it's just not enough. You know, like you said it, and we say it every single week, there are, there are some shining moments and there's some spots that I would love to highlight some players that are obviously continuing to grow themselves. Um, but again, it's just, it's not enough. It's not enough from the quarterback, too many errors, and just not capable of putting enough points on the board. Um, you know, you hold a team a team to 10 points and, you know, you would think that you get, you're in a good position to win a football game and, that just wasn't the case. And I think, you know, I loved, I mean, it was awesome watching those running backs run in the second half, you know, and seemingly they were, they were our only answer to, you know, playing against the Colts. But again, I'm, I, you know, I'm watching this and it's like, man, like, you know, we're either going to break one of these off or we're just setting ourselves up for another mistake or another turnover or just no points. And that's essentially what it turned out being. And, you know, so to me, it was, it was, I love that we were doing the running game and I love that those guys were making positive yards, but we did nothing off of it. There was no play action off of it. They were, the Colts were seemingly did not care about the, the run game at all. They were just rushing the quarterback and they knew that if they were going to get pressure on our quarterback, we didn't have a high completion percentage. So I think that seemed like part of their game plan. Um, You know, again, it, it just not, not enough plays made, you know, to win a football game. Can Mac come back from this? Um, I, I'll never. I will never lose faith in a football player. Um, I think. I think two things. I think he is in in an impossible situation. He has not played well this year. He has not. You know, it's a new team. A lot of young guys hasn't been great, right? So he's trying to figure that out. New offensive coordinator ha- didn't really get into a rhythm in the beginning of the season, and not to mention you're the quarterback of the New England Patriots. So there are unbelievably high expectations, and I think there was e- high expectations of him coming into the the National Football League. You know, mm-hmm. like you're taking over, you're filling Tom Brady's shoes. You're the guy that could potentially do this, and it just it hasn't worked out for him this year. And you know, I know we're kind of in this pivotal point of the season where. We could make a quarterback change at this at this point. And I, to be honest with you, I 
I wouldn't fault the Patriots for making that change because I think Mac is he's falling into some bad habits. You see him, he's thrown he's throwing passes off his back foot, you know, kind of expecting the rush. I mean, you saw a couple of times. I mean, last week he missed the throw to Stevenson up the sideline, which should have been a touchdown. Um, but he threw it off his back foot. And then, you know, the the interception in the end zone just tough to watch because you know I know that he can make that throw but again it's just off balance really just maybe he's seeing the rush a little bit too much now I mean he was sacked a bunch of times so you know I know that can happen to a quarterback but listen I mean it's up to Mac and I've said this before no no one's going to make the decision of how he plays or or doesn't play or how he reacts to whatever situations he he is in if he gets a chance to be the quarterback for the rest of the season great then go out there and play Stop worrying. Guess what? We're probably not going to the playoffs, so you got nothing to lose right now. Go out there and play. Have fun. Go play for yourself. Go play for Mac Jones. Go play for the Patriots. Go play for your teammates. That's what I'm. That's what I care about. Mm-hmm. Because, again, you know, I, is that locker room lost? I don't know. I still see guys make getting up and making plays, and they're seemingly excited for each other. Like I know that there's good guys in that locker room because Bill doesn't bring in those types of players into that organization. But, you know, it's tough to to keep losing games like this, man. I mean, seemingly games that, you know, we've had a couple of blowouts, but other than that, we've been in every single game and it's just mm-hmm. like, where, like, what do we have to do to win these games? And I, I mean, obviously the biggest thing is not turn the ball over. So, you know, I, listen, Mac, Mac's a young kid. He's, he's going to have to learn from this and he's going to have to accept whatever comes his way. And if it's getting benched for another quarterback, then don't be that guy that's just sitting on the sidelines by himself, not participating or, or not involved in a team. You know, don't be that guy. Be the guy that's supporting your other quarterback that's in the room, that's getting an opportunity to play, that's getting the opportunity to lead this team and, and do something like show that that part of you that's a humbling experience we've seen it with a bunch of different guys across the league i mean geno smith is one that comes to mind and Mm -hmm. guess where he's at had one of the best years of his career and was maybe in bad situations before and you know it took some time like and now he's he's playing well in seattle so it's like Mm -hmm. one of those guys like someone like that this is a humbling experience you're not playing well, your team's not playing well, but that doesn't mean that your character has to falter. And that doesn't mean that you have to just go in the dumps, you know, believe in your continuing to believe in yourself is going to be the most important thing. I think your point is a really good one in that there are quarterbacks in this league who have had a successful second act. And you point to Geno Smith as a great example in just for whatever reason, it didn't happen for them at their first stop. There needs to be a series of things that fall into place for every quarterback, every successful quarterback. Even if you're Tom Brady, you have to have a series of events that happen to you, that happen around you, that set you up for success. And it looks like two plus years in, for whatever reason, coaching, personnel, you know, the, the, the misfires, including the ones we saw Sunday against the Colts, it's just not happening here for him in New England. Yeah, I mean, he's... Got a bunch of young guys around him, man. I mean, he's got, you know, I love the, I love what Pop Douglas is doing. I, 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 I think that, the, like we've said this before, this should be the Pop Douglas show from here mm-hmm. on out. Get him the rock. Let's mold this kid. Let's get him going. Like let, let's really build, 
continuing to see his evolution as as a football player, as a receiver, because you've seen it get better and better, or at least, you know, I have, you know, especially when the after the ball is in his hands. You know, it's he's learning. You know, I mean, he made a play yesterday, caught a pass, made someone miss, seemingly could have done a little bit extra, but he put his foot in the ground and got a couple of extra yards going north and south. That to me is is growth, right? That's six weeks ago, he would have held on to that ball, would have gotten pummeled from behind and probably lost it. But that's not Leo, you know, that's not where he's at right now. So he's growing. You know, our running backs are doing great. You know, it's again, you know, it's just it, there's not enough surrounding the quarterback really for anyone to be successful mm-hmm. right now. Uh, and there's not enough big plays being made, you know, th- you know, throughout the course of the game. And and I think we're just we're constantly losing the field position battle, which which really is another huge factor that that is definitely goes underneath the radar. You know, if you're if you're losing that battle throughout the entire season, you're putting your defense in bad spots. You're going to lose football games. It so. just feels like this, this defense. You you bring up the defense, and I'm glad you're doing this. That this defense, it, this team has been fighting with one hand tied behind its back all year, and the defense is doing more than enough. You, you talk about a game like we saw on Sunday, where they held the Colts, who were averaging 26 points a game, one top 10 scoring offense in the league. We can make all the jokes we want about Gardner Minshew, but the ability to score points, the ability to put the ball in the end zone, they've shown it, or they did show it over the course of the first seven, eight, nine games. The defense held them to 10 points. That's yeah. more than enough. That, that That's going above and beyond when it comes to complementary football. They're doing their job. When you get a special teams unit, you have a punter like Bryce Berenger, you know, averaging more than 60 yards a punt, special teams is certainly doing its part. You're mm-hmm. just not getting enough from the offensive side of the football. Yeah. I mean, it's very, I think when you look at it from that perspective, I think that it's pretty black and white. Um, I think all year the defense has continued to grind. They've continued to work there. No one is saying a word about their offense. Those, those guys, every single one of those guys has accepted the position that they're in and they're just working their ass off to try to win football games. And they do it every single week. And I think that we fall come up short a little bit here on got to have a situations and some third downs, but yesterday we did, we, we did enough on the defensive side of things. You know, we held a team, like you said, to 10 points. And I think as a defense, that's, that's kind of what you're looking for. And then, you know, on the other side of the ball, it just wasn't able to put the ball in the end zone. And, And it's tough, man. I mean, I know things are not going to – we just haven't – it hasn't been all three phases all year. And it's just at this point of the season, you know, Thanksgiving coming around, you're going on a bye week. To really not go into the bye week without everything having clicked, you know, I I don't know well, it, You know, if it's ever going to click. You know, mm-hmm. now that we're you – know, who knows gonna, who's going to be quarterback after the bye week. You know, do we stick with Mac? Do we go, you know, so who who knows what's going to happen? But I know that I, I think the defense just needs to continue to to play that the way that they're playing and not and know that they can continue to get better. They got a, long, a lot of young guys on that football, t- on that side of the ball as well, man. I mean, those kids need to continue to grow and, and develop as football players and learn that system. And hopefully they have long careers. I mean, at this point of the season, that's what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. 
I, I asked Bill on the uh, conference call this morning who the number one quarterback is moving forward. And he says, look, we're going to take time, reassess. The bye week, I think, is is I don't want to say it's coming at a good time, but they can do self-scouting from start to finish and try and figure out and try and salvage something from what is very quickly becoming a lost season. I want to ask you a quick question. You, you said earlier in the year you didn't think Bill was going to be fired in mm-hmm. the, the middle of the season. Did did what happened Sunday against the Colts do anything to change your mind in that regard? No. I don't I don't think that you can unless the crafts Mr. Kraft and that whole organization Bill Bill means too much to to that organization and to not let him finish the season or to make make some sort of judgment call on this is going to be good for the, the for this season or for this organization I just don't think that's the answer at all I think that I you know I've been thinking about it a lot and and Bill Bill's not the problem. <laughs> Right. Bill's not the problem. I've been around a lot of head coaches before Bill. Yes. He demands a lot. Yes. He, he does things differently than some other places and he, his expectations are super high and he's going to push you to your limits. Sure. That's why a lot of guys can't hack it in new England. And that's why he goes after specific types of players. And that's why he's been successful. But what I know about Bill is he prepares his football teams to play and he gives them every possible situation so that they are ready for everything. What he can't control is how they perform on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what's we're seeing lacking here. We're not seeing, it's not a lack of coaching. You know, the, the coaching is there. Billy O'Brien is a good offensive coordinator. Bill's a good coach. We have good coaches, we just, you know, we have some good players, but we don't have enough good players. And I think that's kind of where, where this team falls right now. So if I'm the devil's advocate here and Bill is a good coach and I agree with you, I, I still think that Bill is a good coach. I think that if he was fired tomorrow, there would be probably 10 to 12 teams lined up looking for his services. The question for a lot of people is build a GM because you, you say that, and, and I agree with you on this point that look, you can't really blame the coach in this, in a lot of these situations because we're seeing a lack of execution. Well, he's the one who's bringing the guys in. Yep. So do they need a GM? Do Does he need a partner? Does he need someone in that front office working to bring those players in and letting Bill coach? We said that. We said that earlier. We mm-hmm. talked about this. Bill needs help. He can't do this all by himself anymore. It's just that's it, – it worked when he had number 12 at the quarterback position because he had a guy that people wanted to come play for and he was able to elevate – Anyone that was around him, not to mention we had Hall of Fame guys surrounding him as well. We had Randy Moss, Julian, Danny, Grant. I mean, we had you go up and down the line. Those are all good football players. That's we don't have that element anymore. And we need to bring in better football players that are going to elevate the quarterback. Now, it's like it, the you know, it's flip flopped a little bit. And I, I think that Bill needs help. I think that he ne- we need someone in that organization that is going to go find those guys, good, really good football players that are playmakers, whether, you know, skill position, offensive line. De- I mean, you can go up and down the list right now. And I think that would help this team. I really do. Um, listen, I mean, Bill's ability to micromanage and, and to compartmentalize doing everything is it's, 
fascinating to even think about knowing being behind the scenes and seeing what goes into a day-to-day, you know, in an NFL facility, but let like focus on your job. Like let's uh, do your job. (laughs) Come on. Let's, let's, let's use that against you right now, Bill. And just say, you're the head football coach, do your job. Let someone else help you bring in football players. Let's get, bring someone in here to go bring in talent, to bring in guys that want to play together or that, you know, can help elevate your quarterback, regardless who's at that position. I think that's a very feasible thing to to ask of him. I think that's a would be a great thing for this team. I have know? to ask you this, and and, and I ask because it, it feels like the culture of accountability when it comes to this franchise now extends to a lot of former players. We've seen Ronk, we've seen Jules, we've seen a lot of ex-players speak out, Brewski, Moss. Uh, as a guy who played for the Patriots, who invested so much of yourself in that franchise, what sort of emotions do you feel when you see these games go on and on and loss after loss continue to stack up? Are you mad, sad, disappointed in the guys who wear the uniform now? What's that emotion like? No, I mean, to be honest, I think I was very, I was trying to put my finger on it, finger on it yesterday, watching the game at, at the end. Um it's it's not it's it's an interesting emotion, especially because there are guys on that team still that I have a very good relationship with, and I can I can immediately transport myself into that locker room and feel what they're feeling. Um, maybe not at, at at this level or this magnitude of losing this many games, but I've been in that locker room. We've lost games, and I know what that feels like. Um, not not one part of me is disappointed. Uh, at all i i i know what these what they're going through i know what the work that they're putting in i can see i can i there are bright spots on this team i can see them some of these kids are going in and putting in the work you can see them getting better and it's just you know it's not enough i mean it's it's tough man i mean it's it's um it's deflating i guess you know where it's like you know we just don't have enough there to win a football game. And as much as I, I want so bad for them to win, I just know that, you know, we just don't have, we're missing a couple of key pieces, you know, and that's it. And, you know, so I can't fault these guys. They're going out there every single day, putting their bodies on the line, trying to compete. And they are competing every single week. Yeah. We've had two blowout losses, big whoop shit happens in the NFL, right? Every other game, We've been in, regardless of all the stuff that's gone on, the turnovers, the quarterback play, what, whatever it is, we've had drives at the end of almost every single game to go win a football game. And and we're sitting here talking about how bad this team is. Like, I mean, are they that bad? Yes. I, do we agree that they're missing some, some key players and some big-time playmakers? Yes. Can their quarterback play be better? 100%. But they're going out there and competing every single week and trying to win. So um, for me, it's I, I want so badly for them to win. That's that's what I want. I, I feel for all of those guys in that team, whether I play with them or not, I know what Bill is asking of them. I know how those meetings are going on t- on Mondays, Tuesday, you know, Wednesday, Thursday. I know that. So I can feel I can feel their stress. You know, I can feel that from every single one of those guys, because I've sat in those meetings and I've been there before. Um, so for me, I, I want them to win for themselves because right at this point, we're, we're not, 
we're not playing into January, right? Like that's just not it, seemingly impossible. You know, I don't know if it's statistically impossible yet. I, you would know better than me, but I, I don't think there's a team that started two and eight that ever made the playoffs. Sure. So statistically, we're we're pretty much on the cusp of being yeah. impossible. So you're playing for you're they're they're playing for for themselves and, and the 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 guys in that locker room that they've been going to work with since the summer and you know in the spring ball and everything. So that's what I feel. You know, I'm just I want them to win for themselves. And it's it's hard to watch and, and see their reactions and their emotions. You know, I hate watching guys hang their heads, man. That's that's tough to watch, man. I mean, I know what goes into playing these games and um to lose, you know, as much as we as we've lost and knowing what the expectations are to play in that organization, it's hard. You know, some places not so hard, mm-hmm. right? We just okay, it wasn't good. Let's go to the draft and do it again next year. But in that place, expectation is you're playing January and February. I guess in in one of the things that I th- I thought about this because I saw one of the reasons I thought about it was because I saw uh, Michael Strahan talk at halftime about mm-hmm. the Giants and the Cowboys, and he said very specifically, as a guy who played for the Giants, this is tough to watch. Because the Giants were getting blown. You you probably saw some of the games, at least some of the highs. Giants were getting crushed. That you guys worked to set a standard, not so much for yourselves, but for the franchise over such an extended period of time. And the standard was raised to a point where it made it difficult for anyone who was not capable of reaching that standard. And again, the individuals, I I totally understand what you're saying when it comes to the individuals, when you know know some of those guys in that locker room and you feel for them and you bleed for them, but to see the logo, the franchise, all of that. That's hard to watch. Yeah. And that's kind of, I mean, listen, we, I mean, you're a victory of your own success, right? And that place has had success for so many years and has, there are, the banners hang on the walls and the guys have the hardware to prove it. And so, yeah, to be in a place where you went, where I went back to back to back Super Bowls to see a team that's two and eight. Yeah. That's, that's hard to watch because I know that's not, that's not new England Patriots football that I played. You know, that's not, that's not the type of team that we were. Um, But again, you know, we had some better players. We had a, a, bunch of veteran guys on the, in that locker room leader real real leaders and i think that this team has some and unfortunately we've had some injuries to some of those guys and you know you're dealing with a bunch of guys that are just some younger rookies or guys that have not played enough football to really understand i think what it means to play new england patriot football one of the stories for the boston globe one of the stories i did for the boston globe for monday's paper listed five guys who, in my mind, deserve better than two and eight. Uh, this doesn't mean that it's only five guys, but these were the first five guys, maybe the the five who really deserve the most, at least you know based on their performance over the course of the year. I listed Jabril Peppers, Jelani Tavai, Ramondre Stevenson, Pop Douglas, and Bryce Berenger for for various reasons. Peppers, obviously, the heart, the, the center of that defense. Yeah. I, I think he would have fit in perfectly with you guys, you know, yeah, a decade or so ago. 
Yeah. Tavai continues to make plays. Uh, he had more on his plate yesterday because Bentley was out. Ramondre, I think, still has a shot at a thousand yard. Pop Douglas, who continues to ascend, and then Bryce Berenger, who's having a tremendous rookie year as a punter. Who would you put on that list uh, in terms of someone who deserves better than playing for a two and eight team? I mean, there's the two guys obviously that come to my mind. Other than the five that you mentioned. Those a hundred percent. I love. I've loved watching all five of those guys play this year because I can see the growth and and watching Stevenson run yesterday was was fun. I mean, he ran angry, and I don't. I think I've seen a little bit of that, but yesterday was a little bit different. Like there was at the he seemingly did not go down after the first hit. Every and he was breaking tackles and he just ran hard yesterday. Who I feel for the most. And where my emotions come into play for this team is Matthew Slater and David Andrews, because I had, I played with those guys. I sweat, I bled. I, we, you know, we shared a lot of good, bad and indifferent moments throughout the season, you know, the long seasons playing into February. And, you know, Matthew is a guy that literally puts every single thing that he has into his career and his craft. And for a guy that's been playing as long as he has to see the amount of work that he puts into it was something that changed my career. You know, being able to be around those types of players that do do the extra prep work, do the extra stuff in the in the treatment, you know, getting treatment and in the weight room and seeing them do it for 17 18 games throughout a season going into february was something that i learned very quickly that i needed to change things of course the course of my career to be that type of player and for david you know a guy that's literally in the trenches every single play and making you know he's the leader of that offense you know it hurts me man i mean those those are my guys man i mean we you know, we shared a lot, a lot of memories and we've did a lot of freaking great things together on, on, you know, as a football team. And, you know, those, those two guys to me, I, I probably hurt the most for, you know, because I know how much they put into it. I know what they've put in, in the past. I know what they have done to continue that legacy, you know, as guys moved on and, and players left. I mean, those two guys have stayed and they have tried to maintain that. And I know how high their expectations are throughout the year. And I know where they start and where they're at right now. And I know how much this is, this is killing them. I, I do without them having to say anything. I know that it's, that it hurts. Um, but I would say for them, I, I know that those two are leaders on a team and I hope they just continue to keep intact this culture that this still is new England. And yeah, we're having a down year, but doesn't mean that this has to be the new status quo. From the outside, it's always so hard to really judge a successful individual offensive lineman because you could have five, and I talked to David about this earlier this year, you could have five mediocre offensive linemen, but as long as they're working together, I, I always yeah. believe offensive line is greater than the sum of their parts. So I'll, I'll just, my favorite David Andrews stat, because you can't really you know, put a stat number on a, on a alignment. He hasn't yeah. missed a snap all year, 10 <laughs> games. The only guy on the roster who's played every single possible snap. He's played every single snap this year. I think he has a streak of 15 straight games where he hasn't missed a snap. That dependability 
that consistency, that level of being able to answer the bell, even in a lousy season like this, I you can't put a price tag on something like that no. with a guy like him. 100%. I mean, talk about being accountable. You talk about being available and you talk about putting your best foot forward, regardless of the situation, you know, that that's, those are the types of guys that you, that you want to take the field with every single week. And David has always been that guy, no matter how, listen, I know that his body's not feeling great right now. You know, I mean, he's, he's had a long career himself and you're going into a, a into your bye week probably feeling not great, but I guarantee that's not he's not going to let that affect him the rest of the season. And and he's not the type of player, neither is Matthew, that they're ever just going to not go out there and put their best foot forward. So I think, you know, for the rest of the season, again, we talked about this. It's 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 about the team right now. It's about the guys in that locker room. They're going to they're going to make this as good or as bad as they want it to be. They're either going to continue to play as they've been playing and grow, and we're going to see some continued greatness, and we're going to see some mediocre football. But hopefully we can find a way to win with with that recipe. <laughs> Slater, I, I can't imagine that he envisioned the end of his career quite yeah. like this, given the fact that he's had so much success. But look, in this, I always go back to this idea that you never really know the guys that you cover. Like, we spent half an hour with you in the locker room every day i don't know away from the field i i don't try, i'm not going to make a judgment on who this person is like i really yeah. don't know who these players are matthew slater for me and you know you put Devin mccordy and you, you can put some others in that group as well sure. just remains the absolute gold standard when it comes to the guy you want to represent your franchise on a consistent basis on and off the field it's slater and then there's everyone else 100 percent, without a doubt matt i mean he has he will always be that guy. He will never falter in in the way that he carries himself because of that's just the type of person, that's the type of man that he is. Um and he is going to he'll never let anything get in the way of of his work ethic, his what what he means to that football team, what the what this franchise means to him and you know cuz what this is what you're 14 for him. <laughs> You know, well, 2008 was his first year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, 2008, you know, he was a walk-on wide receiver that, you know, played at uh, UCLA and really didn't really have, you know, didn't have any aspirations of being a, a special teamer. And, and look where he's at, man. I mean, that's the type of guy that has put in, that has bled for this team, broken bones for this team, and every single year comes back better and will always be the face of that organization. And, the, you know, those are the types of guys that you play for. And I hope that I, – I do hope. I hope that guys kind of look at that a little bit, you know, knowing that, yeah, this this guy's been here for 14 years. He's won a lot of championships, and this is the type of guy that we should play football for. You know, we should get up on Sunday because this is who we have in our locker room. You know, guys that have really bled for this organization – and try to try to remember that a little bit. Put that a little bit into perspective. All right, last question for me. What's the primary focus of this team heading into the bye week? Um, <laughs> it, it's tough. It's tough. But you know what? Listen, but 
after the bye week, I know that Bill and the whole coaching staff is they're going to go back and it's going to be 100% self scout. We're going to go back. We're going to literally look at every single thing that we've done good and bad and things that worked and didn't work. And I would imagine that they're going to come back with a, with a pretty good game plan for the rest of the season. I, you know, I really don't care who's at the quarterback position because it really, I don't think it makes a difference at this point. Right. And I hope that Mac gets a little bit of time off. I, I hope that he can reflect on this and I hope that he can come back. And if he's in that position, lead this team to try to win football games. If it's not, you know, then next man up. Right. But for, for, from an offensive perspective, I really hope that, you know, let's, let's really, we, we have these guys, let's do exactly what all of these guys are good at and let's run the, like, let's give them the opportunity to win. And if that's not good enough, then it's not good enough. Right. But if these guys can do a good job of, of what they're great at and, and get pop in open field and get him on the move. And even Juju, like, uh, listen, man, he's, he's a pretty sure-handed guy. Like let's give him opportunities to make some plays down the field. Um, even the young guys, I mean, you saw Jalen make a big play, you know, running across the field yesterday, like get him in open space, get him on the move. Maybe these guys aren't in the, at the point of their career where they're just going to beat man-to-man coverage. I don't think that's the case. So let's get a little creative and let's try to win a football game. And, and from a defense perspective, I think you just got to continue to lean on guys like Jabril. I mean, I love watching him play, you know, really hope, you know, get your off your defensive line healthy, continue to grow your corners and come up with a good plan for the rest of the season. Cause not a cakewalk for the rest of the season. we got some good football teams that we're going to have to go play. So, um, you know, hopefully I would hope that all of these guys can, you know, take a little bit of a break away from this, you know, just reset themselves and kind of come back with a little bit of a different energy, try to forget about what's happened in this part of the season. And let's try to finish the last, you know, eight games of the season. Let's try to finish, you know, feeling better about ourselves than we do right now. Chris Hogan. Thank you very much, my friend. Take care. And we will talk again very, very soon. Thanks, Chris. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. One more reminder, this episode of the Patriot Sport has been brought to you by Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing, and Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. 